do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. So what is going on in the real estate markets? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, real estate has somewhat hit the pause button. What does the next year or so look like uh, for real estate? Realtor Carolee Gurney is here to give us her take. Carolee, welcome to Prudent Money. Thank you, Bob. Always glad to be here. You know, let's start with the market itself. Thinking back to the first of the year and you know, looking forward to today, would you describe what you're seeing as different and in in some ways, not, you know, not a good or a bad, just different, or wow, I wasn't seeing this 8% uh, mortgage rates coming and or, or how this whole thing has panned out so far? It's been interesting, and I definitely, the year has changed. It was really strong at the beginning of the year. Uh, I can't say that the interest rates were a surprise because Financial analysts have been talking about them for for the past year and a half. But uh, 8% is pretty high (laughs) for now. For now. It's not bad overall, but it's... Well, I would, uh, back 2004, 2005, that was uh, the interest rate I was paying on my house, 8%. And then I remember refinancing like six times (laughs) because it just (laughs) continued to make sense. It did. It did. And it's amazing how, I mean, if you look back over history at times, we've even had 18% interest rates. So I'm glad they're not that way today. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. So, you know, what's interesting, if you look at a lot, it's almost kind of a split, but if you look at part of the economy, you're, you're expecting a recession. And if you look at another part of the, the economy, they're talking about 4% growth in the economy and all those kind of things. I mean, you can't have really two sets of indicators telling the same thing. And what to me, what's interesting, if we do go into a recession, I don't see how interest rates could not come down at that point. It, unless something really unusual, never happened before, would keep interest rates propped up while the economy is failing. Don't see that really happening. So it'll be interesting to see if interest rates were to come back down, how things would, uh, what do you think that would look like? Well, I think it'd be great. Um, I think that (laughs) the higher interest rates have done their job. I I think they've done their job. They've slowed down the housing market. Um, Unfortunately, it's kept some people from being able to buy that could have bought before. But um, definitely needed a slowdown. And uh, what I foresee and what I've been told is that next year we'll see those rates come back down, like around six or seven. So um, would love to actually see that happen. Yeah, do you think, though, I, I mean, as you, you, you told me that this year was a really good year so, uh, so far. Yes. <laughs> and um, going into the final quarter, looking into 2024, it's interesting, but you, you, you and I were talking ahead of, uh, before the program, and you said things will get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, what a, that's almost kind of like a fairy tale landing, <laughs> soft landing for the real estate industry, if that were the case. Because you did go through, at least I think, the real estate markets went through a bubble. I don't see how, how it had every, every um, 
characteristic of it anyway. Mm-hmm. But to to land and uh, just be back to normal, what does normal look like? Well, I think normal looks like people being able to negotiate, uh, being able to spend a little time thinking about a house before you buy it, which is phenomenal because so many people had to buy a house by noon the first day they bought it or walked into it. And now they actually can take a few days, think about it, research, um, and take their time, uh, depending on which market they're looking in. But there are some opportunities now um, for that to be more common. Yeah, normal would be uh, interesting. Uh, and I think will even be more interesting. I mean, what are you seeing on the on the sell side as far as people who have listed their homes? They just got to be reluctant to to let go of that higher price if 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 need be yeah i'll tell you it's it's such a strange market right now because we're coming out of this so-called bubble we're coming out of that and we're trying to figure out where pricing really should be because everything's been so inflated and interestingly enough the market is split so if you're if you've got luxury homes that are over eight hundred thousand and up and i mean up they're still selling um there's still multiple offers they're still selling quickly um, especially if you have a good product. Uh, under 800, under 700, uh, you're really seeing uh, houses sit a lot more. You're not having the showings that we used to have. And that is really centered around this higher interest rate that we've seen. Um, and people who uh, you know, are looking in a lower price house range oftentimes don't have cash to go buy a house. Maybe they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so when you get that higher interest rate, they just can't afford it. It's double what it used to be. And that really almost doubles your payment. It's, it's amazing how much a payment is on a, on a lower priced home. Yeah. And that's interesting when you start thinking of it from the standpoint of, and I'm assuming if you're talking about upper end homes, you're, you're referring to cash offers. Cash or people that aren't as worried. uh, Or they can can flip the payment. It's no big deal. Right. Yeah, because I would think that, uh, you know, and you think that line is drawn about seven to 800,000? I think so. That's about what I've seen. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Kara Lee's with me today as she comes by the program, by the office and uh, gives us a little bit of an idea of what's going on in real estate. It's been a very interesting run. Over the past, what, three, two or three, four years? Four. Four. Well, 2020, so about Yeah, by the time mm-hmm. COVID. If you, uh, if you have, want any information on Carol Lee, you can go to her website, and I'm going to let her tell you what the website is. It's the Mariposa Group, DFW.com. T-H-E-M-A-R-I-P-O-S-A-D-F-W.com. That, I didn't write it down, so and, and if I don't write it down, I better not try it. So let's talk a little bit about is the, you know, the supply and demand is what's really driven things. And uh, do, are we starting to see that kind of normalize? And if so, what, is, what does normal look like? I mean, I, I often wonder on, this, on the supply side, on, on, on the houses, or, or excuse me, on the demand side, pardon me, the demand side, is that a, uh, an effect that I've got to have a house or I want to have a house? Because if I just want to have a house, I can wait. But, I mean, have you had any idea what that percentage breakup is? I don't know the percentage breakup, but I can tell you the different types of clients I have that yeah. fit those molds. Um, someone who has to move. Maybe they're in an apartment, their lease is up, they want a house, they want to quit renting. You've got that kind of person. Um, then you have someone who really wants a house, 
but what they want isn't there. <laughs> so right. you just keep looking. Um, and then you have those who are exactly like what you just said. They're like, well, I don't really have to do this right now. I think I can wait till next year. Um, and that's an interesting philosophy that I don't know that I advise doing. Um, because even though the interest rates may go down next year, um, you can always refinance. And the prices will probably still continue to go up, even if it's not at the rate they were going up before. I think you'll still have values increase a little bit each year, 2 to 2 to 3%. So your house could end up being higher than even if the interest rate's mm-hmm. a little bit lower. So it date the rate, marry the house. If it's the house, it's the right house, get it refinanced later. I, you know, it's funny as you're talking about the, uh, there's so much emotion in this process, obviously, no matter what type of real estate transaction you're doing. And it would seem to me that that turns it into well, I could I could I could do this or not do this, but I really really want it, so it's a must. Mm-hmm. And so it, there, it's interesting to think of how much of the market is it falls into that category. I think that's true. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, pricing because you said we uh, we actually talked about this beforehand. And how do you go about setting expectations for someone who comes to you and says? You know, so I'm going to list my house with you. I want you to, to, to sell my house. And I think it's worth this. And then the, the conversation starts. So I'm not one to, to be shy. <laughs> <laughs> really, I would have never known that about you. <laughs> I started out that way, and I learned a very valuable lesson. Um, my job is to give my opinion, which isn't just my opinion. It's my expertise. It's what I've learned. It's, it's what I know, and I do every day. So for me to come in and say, okay, if that's what you want to list it at, I'm fine with that, is not really a, is not really a reality. Um, because what happens is if I, if I don't tell you what I really believe, that it needs to be another price, and that's based on numbers in your market um, that show this is what the value is, um, then I'm not doing my job. So to me, it's really important um, if they want to list it high for me to at least tell them the truth about where their price should be. Yeah, and I guess I guess the uh, the other reality is that there could be a lot of realtors who would say okay and sign them up. And that's so true. And some people do it just because they want the listing. Some people will give them a higher price just because they want the listing. But what do the numbers really show you? Uh, the numbers are the story. The numbers are going to tell you how your house is going to sell. Right, and uh, that's that is uh, getting that price right. I mean, how do you go about that process? I, I could see where you would, how you would go about it, maybe a year, year and a half ago, but today, how do you go through? How do you go through that process? It, it does, and it, and I can't say about today without explaining that it depends on what market you're in. So when right. we're in the higher market, we're looking at okay, wh- wh- how is this going to sell? What, what closed prices are we looking at? Today's a little different because we're in that market that's shifting to a more normalized market. Um, so you have to balance the inflated prices versus where they really are going to fall. And so it's really kind of an art, like you said before when we visited, mm-hmm. because you've got to figure out, okay, instead of looking at closed, what are the other houses being listed at? And the other houses that are being listed, how quickly are they selling? And that kind of gives you a general idea, okay, are these prices too high? And is this one that sold really quickly better priced? And are we going to price somewhere in between there so that you sell your house too? So what do you do in a situation, because I always thought this was an interesting predicament to be in. You, 
you're going to sell a house for a family, and yet they're going to buy a house as well. So you've got two different processes going on. I would assume that's pretty commonplace. It is pretty commonplace, and it really depends on people's circumstances. Um, do they have to sell their house before they buy another one? That's, that's the first question you have to ask. Because if they don't, then they can go find a house, move into it, and then sell their house. That's really a dream scenario. It makes it really easy. Some people really have to sell their house before they can buy another one. And that can be tricky because now you've got to go out and make an offer that's contingent on your home selling. And now that's become more common. Um, back over the past three to four years, no seller's been willing to do that because they've been able to sell their houses so easily. Now that that's not the case, they're more willing to take a contingency. So I think that the, uh, the key is setting expectations. Yes. And uh, no, way, no other way around it. I mean, you've got to set expectations. How do you go about doing that? So you, you, hear, you hear what you're working with. You've you got a good feel for it. Uh, and you know it's going to be, it, it could, as the possibility of being difficult. Mm -hmm. How do you set, because that's, that is two emotional transactions going on at one time. I mean, that's, that's a powder keg. It is. It is. And I think the, the best thing that, that any realtor can do is to ask a lot of questions because it really does depend on the circumstances and, you know, what's going to happen if we do this or that. And so between asking questions and really listening to what the seller is telling you um, is, is just key to being able to be successful at, at doing it. Do you kind of have to anticipate emotion? I, I don't know if that makes sense or not, because that you just never know what's what's going to happen along the way. It's true, and and out of even doing this almost twelve years, every every time I work with someone, I learn something new. Um, I learn something new about people, and they're all different. And so, yes, I mean, you're going to have a, 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 a range of different personalities and different emotions. And then some people who just, I, I got to do this, and that's that, you know. Yeah, I always think of it this, and I, I think Brian Tracy said this one time. He used to always say, leave your ego at the door. <laughs> and I think that, that you, you got to do a lot of that. Yes, yes. And it's, it's all about serving the client, getting, getting it done. You know, it, uh, you helped me with the real estate transaction this, this year, and I was I – was, I was taken back a little bit about how that went in a good way. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not setting you up. No, because I, I thought about everything. In fact, I told you one afternoon, I don't know if you remember this, like, i got to have you on the program. i got this idea I want to I talk about. Is that it, to me it takes a, a certain kind of person to do what you do, especially in this kind of a marketplace. I mean, I'm a tad bit high ma maintenance, <laughs> and uh, I know that, so it's it's okay. And I was just I was just thinking about the patience that you know if someone wants to go see a house, whether you really want to do it or not, I'm not saying you you didn't want to do it, but I mean whether however you feel or whatever's going on, you're gonna you're gonna make time to go show that house if exactly. you if, you, if yeah. you can because it's it's important to them, whether it's irrational or not. It's still important. And uh, I, I watched you as I, I would say, you know, Carolee, want to go over to that, uh, see that house at this time. Well, I'll be coming from way over, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just putting this poor woman through all this. And when it's just a, it's funny because we're talking about just a transaction, but it's more than a transaction. You know, talk a little bit about that and, and talk about 
Uh, well, let me, let me back up. Just talk a little bit about that, that it's just not just a transaction. It's not just a transaction. You're right. Um, and I especially say that for me. I don't know if I can speak that way for anyone else. But um, for me, I love what I do. And the reason I love what I do is because I care about people and I care about helping them fold their lives into where they need to be. And so for me, being able to listen to them and hear their stories and put them where they belong, not because it's somewhere I wanted them to be or thought that I was ready to be done. <laughs> you know, right, it's, right. It's, this is their lives, and this is the biggest, most of the time, the biggest investment they're going to make. And so to me, that's important, and I can't um, devalue that in any way. And if their timing is, is, is then, then that's my timing. Yeah, that's, that's what, a, what a great, and that's God's timing. Exactly. That's which is huge. Yes. When you, when you really look at the big, the big picture. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the buyer. And uh, obviously, and let's talk about the buyer who's, who's got to do the finance, that's got to finance the mortgage and, and take the mortgage out on the house. What, uh, what kind of advice are you giving? You know, a, a couple comes up to you and says, we want to we want our buyer, we want to buy a house. We want you to help us find it. And uh, I don't know about this 8% or this seven and three quarters percent or whatever it is. It, 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 how do you, how do you start to advise them on this? Because it may or may not be a great time to buy a house for them. So the first thing I tell them to do is to go meet with a mortgage person. Yeah, and, um, makes sense. Because a lot of times they come to you and they're like, I think we can afford this, and this is what we're looking at. And can we go see these houses? And I say, whoop, stop. <laughs> first thing you need to do is go talk to a mortgage lender because we have to have a pre-approval letter anyway. So if we're out and you like a house, we can't make an offer without it. So go get that, and then you'll for sure know where you fit in. You may even be able to do more than you thought you could, or you may want to do less. But at least you know when we go out, we're looking at something that is going to be in your price range. And as far as the rate goes, I, it goes back again, date the rate, marry the house. If it's the right house for you, you can refinance in a year, um, and, and that house may not be there next year. But then again, kind of back to what you said about God's plan, I think the right house comes along at the right time and everything goes smoothly. You know that's where you're supposed to be. That that is so true. I mean, you you know, one of the things that that uh, we always talk about is if if it's God's will, mm -hmm. that door doesn't open. The door flies open. Yeah. And you know, I know that uh, in in this situation, when it comes to buying a house and selling a house, that you just know you you know either God's in it or God's not in it. You're trying to force God to be in it. But you know when you're trying to do that, too, but it's, it's an easy, effortless situation. I mean, parts of it are. I think sometimes to make it obvious, hey, I, you know, God's in it. And that, what, a, what a great feeling of peace. Mm -hmm. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Carol Lee Gurney's here with me today, and uh, she's an old friend of mine. I guess we shouldn't use the word old. We're not old. High school. Yes. That's not old. <laughs> and uh, she's a, a phenomenal realtor, and she comes in every once in a while here to tell us a little bit about what's going on with the, uh, with the real estate markets. If you want more information about Carol Lee, go to this website. The Mariposa Group, DFW.com, T-H-E-M-A-R-I-P-O-S-A-D-F-W.com. So let's talk a little uh, shift back to supply and demand for just a second. The, uh, you know, in, in a situation where 
I'm going to meet with a realtor. I'm going to get some advice as to what to do to the house, what's appropriate. If I know eh, demand is what it is, so I shouldn't have a tough time selling my house. How do you, how do you, because uh, you know there's a minimal amount of things that need to be done. First of all, I guess what typically is that minimal uh, things that need to be done and how do you choose that? And then how do you, once again, set, set the expectations that, hey, this could be, you, you may need to dress up the place a little bit. So bare minimum, have a good drive up appeal. Have your plants look nice, have your front door look nice. Um, that for starters. And then the second thing is have your house be clean. Um, put things away. Just make it where when someone walks in, they can see themselves themselves in that house. So a lot of times if you've got too much art on the wall or you can't see past <laughs> the architecture, um, people can't visualize their own things there. So those are the things that I think are most important and bare minimum. Um, even when we were busy, I kind of laugh. I call myself the listing Nazi because <laughs> I come in and I'm like, okay, you really need to do this, this, and this. And um, you don't have to, but these are the things I recommend. <laughs> um, and then I'll come back sure. after they're done and go, okay, let me walk it again. Let's see how we look. And because I want it to sell well and I want it to sell for the most money that they possibly can sell it for, that's why I do those things, um, to get them the most money that, that we can. Yeah, talk, I remember, and I can't remember the, the story. I, I just remember the door. <laughs> you painted a door. Talk, talk about that. So, so I walked up. I drove up to this listing. It was my first day to go to the appointment. And I drove up, and the house on the corner as you turn the street and the very next door neighbor I, that's the first thing I see when I turn the corner. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that door looks awful. I mean, they had peeling paint, and it was this crazy color. And the yard was a little rough. And uh, so as I left my listing appointment, I knew I had the listing. I walked next door, and I knocked on the door, and I said, hey, we're going to have some painters here this week painting at the house next door because we're putting it on the market. Would you mind if I paid to have your front door painted. <laughs> and she looked at me, she goes, really? Could I choose the color? <laughs> I was so nervous walking up to her door, but she was so kind to me afterwards. And um, I did I did let her choose the color and she did better on the second paint Oh, how job. funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bet you that you see some things you go, would you just please uh, change that? Yeah. It's amazing because I since then I had another listing and the next door neighbor had taken a mattress for her kids and put it on the front porch and made it a couch on the front porch oh nice yeah <laughs> that's she wrong. left it there <laughs> we sold the house that, that's a real nice uh, curb appeal yeah it was a cute neighborhood too it wasn't even it wasn't it was a nice neighborhood how funny once again can you uh, give out your your? I can. Uh, email the Mariposa address. Group, yes. com. T H E M A R I P O S A, DFW.com. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you missed any part of this uh, this interview with Carol Lee, please go to the website and listen to the podcast or anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts because we are there. If you have a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day.
That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.